0: Hey everybody, this is Rita Springer. Welcome to the Rita Springer podcast. I am sitting in Nashville in my little podcast room and I ask a neighbor over.
1: <laughs> a brother in Christ. A
0: brother in Christ. Patrick Mayberry is with me today. You don't live too far away. No, it's
1: like 10 minutes. Yeah,
0: 10, 10 15 minutes when it, when it rains maybe. But it's hard to get you because you've been on tour for a while. But you're one that I'm like, I have to get Patrick over here, mainly because you're fun to talk to. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you're easy to talk to. You're like funny. You don't take life too seriously. You don't take artistry too seriously unless you're really talking about the Lord and then all of a sudden you get super serious, yeah. which is what I love about you. But you you're a family guy. You got a wife, you got a bunch of kids. Bunch of them. You got a dog and a cat. And a cat
1: and a um bearded dragon. Now. It's new. Is that
0: like a is that from the Bentleys or the um, Mia and Joran?
1: Well, we did get a lot of information from Mia, but no, it's it was a it was a kid's birthday present, and pretty sure it hasn't. I just been, don't
0: know why people have those in their house. I'm not
1: into it. My wife will like cuddle with it.
0: Yeah, I I got, I've, I never understood Mia and her fascination with it. Weird. Yeah, and hers died this year. I know because they thought it was a boy, but it was actually a girl. Did you hear that story? In, Did I you see that, her follow that Instagram no, story? No, that's why. This is Mia Fields. Um, but uh, she had a bearded dragon, and all of a sudden she's like, apparently Schmog is what they call Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> apparently Schmog is a girl because she wanted to lay eggs, and she got so swollen <gasps> that she wanted to lay eggs, but they were eggs that obviously weren't fertilized because there was no Schmogette or... Sh- sh- or, or the- Mr. Schmog. Yeah, yeah. So she ended up delivering all these kind of like invalid eggs. And then there was one egg that got stuck. And they didn't find that out until oh the my. next like couple days. And it got really sick. And the doctor was just like, I mean, there's a doctor for bearded dragons. It's like, dragons guys, we're talking about can't. little lizards here. <laughs> lizards. And and the doctor's like, she's not going to make it. Yeah. And then she She died.
1: Well, yeah, that's really sad.
0: It's really sad, but it's like...
1: All lizards go to heaven, though.
0: All lizards, like, are just gross.
1: She kindly offered to give us a lot of um, her lizard belongings.
0: Well, that's awesome.
1: it was kind of pass it on, too.
0: Did you get them? Did you get all this stuff?
1: I don't know if my wife picked them up or not. I don't know.
0: I mean, that would be like, if you want to go in for the... I mean, it's like you could do Motel 6. Right. (laughs) You could do the Weston, Right. Or you could do the Ritz, and Mia stuff would probably be right. the Ritz.
1: Yeah, exactly. All the nicest things.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so you've got animals, you've got lizards, but can you walk people through—I want to know your history. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, you're—did you just tell me you're 37,
1: 30?
0: 38. 38. Getting old. You're 20 years—almost 20 years younger than me. God, God you're, you're like a little boy. You're right? so much wiser than me, though. <laughs> I doubt that, seriously. Well, maybe in some things, but— you're pretty good. You, The thing I, I respect so much about you, Patrick, is that you have a true pastor's heart.
1: Oh, thank you. You
0: you do. You have a true pastor's heart. Of course, when you talk about your life, people will, will probably glean that because you love the church. You are a worship leader's worship leader. You're a worship pastor. That's in your bones. That's in your bloodstream. Yeah. But I don't, outside of you being with this church in Chicago for a long time, I don't think I know like, A lot of like your deep, dark history. Yeah. Share that with us. Okay. If loving children in need is important to the Lord, it should be paramount to us. That's why I decided to partner with Compassion International to be the hands and feet of Jesus where we're able. That's what I want to do. And I I want to ask you to ask yourself, what are you able to do? Go to the Compassion site today at Compassion.com slash Rita and explore the ways your small contribution can change someone's life. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to my episode with Jay. His story will show you how you can truly make a difference in someone's life. Visit Compassion.com slash Rita.
1: I grew up, <laughs> you're going to love this.
0: I'm sure I grew I up
1: an hour east of Nashville
0: Wow,
1: and I grew up very a very bad Church of Christ kid. Okay, and what I mean by bad was we only went most Sundays. Okay, we didn't go Sunday night. We didn't go Wednesday night. So we were just very average Church of Christ people.
0: And for reference, Church of Christ. Oh yeah, is not an instrumental.
1: No, I mean they are highly illegal. Right in church. Right. So, not to be
0: confused with the Church of God. Correct. was Pentecostal.
1: Correct. No, Pentecostal. this is like
0: no instruments. I remember
1: being a kid one time and being in church with my mom, and and I was like kind of kind of started like just being a kid. I was like swaying around and I was like playfully clapping, and I got in so much trouble. It wow. was a big deal. You don't do that. So, what
0: is the theology behind that? We uh, don't know.
1: No, and if anyone it's is Church of Christ me. listening, it's cool. We're all good. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. Um, Doesn't make any sense, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So so fast forward, I got into guitar in middle school because every kid does.
0: Okay. Rock
1: and roll, Jimi Hendrix and the Grateful Dead. Right,
0: good. That
1: was where I was fascinated. And your
0: parents were okay with that.
1: Oh yeah, music was cool. Just not music in the church or connected to anything faith. So I could go play in a bar, but I could not play in church. You tell me. You do the math. So I fell deep in love with music. Uh, guitar was illegal at church. So I started, I didn't hate church, but yeah. I was like, I got no time for this. Like, get out of here. Like, I'm yeah. going to go play my music with my band. So fast forward, I uh, was super disinterested in church. Did I mean, church was like the most compartmentalized thing in my life that could be. And that's just how I've, I thought it was for everybody. You know, you you occasionally prayed before meals. And then, like, I remember one of my best friends in high school, his family was totally charismatic. And they would say things like, hallelujah, just at home. And I would be like, oh, that's so weird. Wow. They're so weird.
0: Well, but you're, you were saying that your parents were kind of go here. Uh-huh. But then not really go at all, so. Yeah,
1: like, real kind of, like, honestly, looking back, it's like there was a standard, I think, that was impossible to live up to. And it, it makes me sad looking back because I feel like they, they felt like they tried to live up to that standard, but they knew they couldn't. Oh, yeah. And so I look back now and I'm like, man, that stinks that that's kind of the religion that yeah. they had to live under yeah. and that I was a product of. So fast forward, Young Life uh, was a ministry uh, that came into my high school. And I remember going to my first Young Life club as a freshman in high school, And I was just a wild kid, like partied football player, played in a band, like you
0: so don't come off like the wild kid. Oh. The funny, like comedic kid, but not like a wild child. So Yeah, just it
1: was like just me and all my buddies. That's like what we did, like ready for a wild But were you
0: getting into trouble? Are you a troublemaker?
1: No no, no one knew that we were, you know, drinking lots of hot beer. on Friday nights that we hid in our friend's attic. An um, unconceivable amount of hot, natural light beer, you know, as a 16 year old. So Young Life was great because they loved that I played guitar and they welcomed me like, oh, bring your guitar. So fast forward, I kind of came to the Lord uh, in like for the first time in a way that like it made sense to me, like, oh, this is the gospel. You know, as a teenager and- in young um, life, through young, young life,
0: wow! And Give it up um, for young life,
1: changed my life. And fast forward, senior year of high school, I uh, just went on this faith journey and felt like you know it didn't make sense that music was so important to me, but it just wasn't adding up anymore. That I mm. it couldn't be a part of my worship in my life, and so I left the Church of Christ as a senior in high school, which. I don't think I realized how big of a deal it was at the time. But now I look back and it's like, I was kind of this black sheep who walked away. And my whole family was like, what are you doing? So ended up, I started going to this super charismatic Assemblies of God uh, college ministry as a high schooler. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And I would stand in the back and it was just the coolest, most eclectic worship. It was like... It was unbelievable. Like the best musicians I'd ever experienced. And I would stand in the back, sweaty palms, very rigid, nervous. And I would stand in the room and I would be like, I'm pretty sure all of these people are going to hell. But I think I might want to go with them.
0: Wow. Like I
1: just I was like in looking back, I'm like the Lord like drew me in through music. Yeah. And And
0: that was that your first experience to see people. In a religious church, do music on stage.
1: Yeah, like as like a like a senior in high school, like eighteen, so totally eighteen foreign. years old. So fast forward, college starts. I had been super deep into like music, like guitar playing, and kind of was like a friend was like, "Hey, what if you came and played at this college ministry?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll come shred." Yeah, like I didn't know anything about anything. I I remember a guy teaching me a song on acoustic is the, like I can vividly remember where we were. And it was this course of like, your grace is enough. Yeah, yeah. Your grace is enough. You know, and I I can remember like hearing that for the first time ever. And I'm like, oh, cool. What is that? You know, and then fast forward, um, a buddy of mine is like, dude, we're going to go to this conference and I think it's going to change your life. And we piled in the car, drove down to Atlanta and went to a passion conference. Oh man. 2007 and changed my life. I felt like there was a moment where the Lord was like, dude, you could totally keep doing the Grateful Dead rock and roll thing. Yeah. Or what if you tried to use music to build my church, like through serving the church? And it's all of a sudden like, the best way I know to explain it is like worship and worship ministry was like Niagara Falls and all of a sudden this curtain got lifted up and I was exposed to Niagara Falls. Wow. And wow. I was like <gasps> and I couldn't I couldn't learn enough. Like I was a sponge. I remember leaving Passion and I went to a Christian bookstore and paid 17.99 for Chris Tomlin's See the Morning. Is the first Christian album I ever bought, and I went from like Grateful Dead
0: to Chris Tomlin,
1: and it changed my life. You know the guys that were involved in that record, I've had a chance to to meet them all in the, over the last couple of years, and I'm like, guys, this record changed my life, and and they crack up because like, whoa, to go from the Grateful Dead to that, that's a big yeah, leap, that's
0: a massive.
1: Leap. Um, but hands down, that was probably the most influential record of my life.
0: Wow,
1: and um, I was just hooked, and so. From there, got super involved with my church, you know, trying to consume and learn as much as I could about...
0: That Assemblies of God church you were going to? Uh,
1: Well, at the time, I kind of leveled out in the middle and went to this kind of like Southern Baptist spawn, you know, church plant in my hometown.
0: Still, what, an hour outside of
1: Uh Nashville? Uh-huh, outside of Nashville. So Nashville was like the town where you came to go to shows and stuff. And, you know, just felt... I'd always been writing songs, and so when I got involved with this college ministry and this church, I'm like, well, why aren't we writing songs? We should be. Yeah. And and this was still like, you know, I didn't know anything about songwriting. And I was just like, well, why wouldn't we do it? Like, and I felt like it was before this like move of co-writing and yeah. songwriting. And, you know, I was just looking at guys like Matt Redman and Chris Tomlin. And yeah. I'm like, well, they're doing it. So why why wouldn't we do it? Like,
0: right.
1: so eventually got married. My wife and I are both from the same town. We uh, started dating in college. What
0: college did you go to? Tennessee
1: Tech University.
0: Wow. So you did not like leave.
1: Well, I was going to go to the University of Tennessee. And at the last minute, bailed and decided to stay in my hometown. And I was the worst college student ever. I dropped out. I think. What did you
0: want to do? What were you wanting to do? No
1: idea. I was following the path that I thought I needed to follow to be a good human in society. So I hated college. Because the only options were like be a music teacher or like I was a pottery major for a while yeah and and it's like um, I was a biology major for a minute.
0: what um, does your dad do
1: uh, he helped run a company that like sold uh, electronic parts to car manufacturers okay kind of a fascinating job but yeah. my parents totally like my mom was a teacher they like worked their jobs for 35 years it's lived hard. in the same home. Oh. And so to me, it was like whatever I chose at 18 was my path for the rest of my life. And I didn't know anything about worship. I didn't know anything about worship ministry. I wasn't exposed to a worship pastor. So it's like this thing that I didn't know I wanted to do, but I think nothing else fit. I just didn't know it existed yet. And then when I realized, oh, wait, you're telling me I could do this thing or this might be my calling, it was like, let's go like but i just i just didn't know yet yeah and so yeah we moved to nashville and got you involved, and jenny
0: got married
1: got involved with this church plant that met at this tiny little grungy venue in nashville the basement and then we outgrew the basement and moved to 12th and Porter and met there for a while and then you know learned more about songwriting and was just enamored with it and eventually we moved to chicago to be a part of another church plant and you know, lived in downtown Chicago for a little over eight years, and I had just been writing songs for our church and making demos that I didn't yeah. even know were called demos at the time. Yeah, I just really cared about how the drums sounded. So I would like clank around on my computer to be like, here, drummer, here's how the songs I want them to sound. And a friend of mine shared those. It was actually Chris McClarney, Heard a bunch of those songs yeah. and shared them with a few labels in town and, um, opened some doors for some writing and eventually came on as a staff writer with Centricity, yes. which I'm still a part of now. And then about uh, three years ago, Centricity brought on our good friend, uh, James Duke, yeah, to be AR r for worship. I and I was that. like this guinea pig artist.
0: Was that 19, uh, 2019? 20. 2020. Yeah. Because I know when we met— you were in the conversation piece yep before you signed with centricity I I'm trying I was trying to um remember were we in a right together how did we first we meet we... I was trying to think were we in a right together I don't know or because it had it, it was something about James that was our like our mutual oh. connection we we figured out maybe I I talked to James and James was telling me about you and then I ended up meeting you but James was kind of our
1: yeah. Yeah, he's our the best. mutual
0: like connection. He's the guy, and then um, we did write together. Maybe it wasn't in yeah. a write that we met, but
1: so I am, I am like a baby artist. Um, baby I feel girl. like I've been uh, a church worship guy for a long time, and that's where I love. I'm a seven on the Enneagram, all right. I've
0: individualist, I've right. I've,
1: I've uh, enthusiast,
0: enthusiast,
1: and but I will say I've had a lot of great conversations with my counselor over the last eight years. And, you know, I feel like I have a lot of joy, but it's rooted in really deep places. Yeah. And, um, and I, my wife and I, we love hospitality. Yeah. And, you know, so great. I, I love like figuring out how to do that in worship. And I love welcoming people that are kind of on the fringes, like the young life, the, the adult young life kids yeah. who maybe don't feel like they belong. Or have all the answers. Yeah. Figuring out how to bring them in. And I'm still experimenting that with even like my artistry. Like how do I write songs that bring in the outsider, you know, and still wrestle with the things that I think we all wrestle with as human beings, full of emotion and mm-hmm. feelings and doubts and hopes and dreams and you know how that interacts with God, the Father. And
0: Yeah. I think the thing that that I I want to use the word safe because when I think of you. And I think of just what you bring to the table in artistry. You know, you you kind of are kind of a full package when you think about a. And and don't take this the wrong way, but you're a guy,
1: devilishly handsome, <laughs> a young Brad Pitt, if you will. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're a guy, and it's and and you're very versatile in the fact that you know you can pick up a guitar and just uh, sing a song. You're great at writing a song. You're great at producing a song. You have this kind of whimsical personality. You don't meet a stranger. You just kind of have this whole package where you don't come off like a, you don't come off um, like you're trying to climb the ladder, becoming the best award-winning artist that you can be. So you have this really beautiful, likable um, personality, but you're rooted in pastoring. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that was always so evident whenever I was around you. You do like, he's he is very like, we would, I think it was like when churches would come in, right? We had a lot of rites with other churches that came in and they would stick me at your house with you and the, these other churches. But you'd like always be making breakfast for oh, people yeah, and, yeah, and coffee and all kinds of stuff. Very hospitable. But you don't have this competitive thing on you, which is kind of... You find that a lot in mm. in artists, and mm-hmm. and there's a you can be writing with somebody every day that has a different twist on on where they're where they're at on the ladder, yeah, you know, where they're at in the climb. Yeah, and I just have never been one. I think maybe some of that's because I am a woman, and it, I've been in the, in the business for a long time, and came in through what I call like a back door, mm. like I didn't come in the front door, wanting to be an artist, sure, I came in the back door not even realizing I was a good worship leader, but loved watching people get saved and healed. Yeah. And thought, ooh, gosh, if that happens in music, let's write some music so people get saved and healed. Yeah. And then artistry came later. So then you have to figure out artistry in that. You know, it's kind of like performance and water doesn't mix. It's kind of like oil and water, it doesn't mix. And you've got to like, you've got to figure out if you're going to perform you can't fully worship like because performance and worship aren't really there but it does take um it it takes a a, a learning process i think to to figure out how to do that dance well mm-hmm. and acknowledge that there is a little bit of performance that sometimes you have to do in this business but you come with such a pastoral sense mm. that i have often wondered about people like you cuz it's not Maybe it's more common now, but you have a kind of a balance with it, but you understand the competitive side of it. Mm. So um, I was talking to Amanda Cook about this once, about how, you know, it really doesn't matter how many albums you put out when you're putting out a a record or you're putting out a a project and you're under a label and you're signed to a publishing deal, you, you have to think about certain things. Yeah that you don't want to fully lock your, your attention on that and be so distracted by that that it takes you out. But when you come in with all the other feels and the beauty of pastoring and what it's really all about, and that you're just as happy being at your church on Sunday leading worship as you are being on the road touring, that... those both come with these beautiful attributes. But for some people, they would choose the other because there's more fame and glory on the other. And you don't carry that. Mm. But there is a competitive kind of tension in that. And so I think, and girls deal with it a little bit differently maybe than guys do, but how have you been able to walk out the role of, hey, I came up in this as a pastor Mm-hmm. not really even knowing how to pastor, didn't go to Bible school, right. didn't you know get a certificate in pastoring, yep. but learned music in this role of this, and then all of a sudden got signed to a record deal, uh-huh. and now the role shifts, and you're going to have to like perform in uh-huh. these categories. How do you walk out that tension right. as a guy, uh-huh. younger, in a field where it's a kind of a guy, still a guy's worship-leading world, right? and... Find the balance in
1: that. Yeah. Okay. So this like, is like
0: be honest. though. No. 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 Yeah.
1: This is this is something. And tell me. I'm tell me at the end of all this if I don't give you more clarity. but yeah. Three thousand percent. This is what it is for me. So all of my upbringing and you just said it. Like I don't have a Bible degree. Yeah. I didn't grow up at X church. I didn't grow up under this ministry. I I didn't sign with that church. Like if anything, I feel pretty late to the game. Yeah. So for me, my biggest thing, you know, I I struggle and this is something that God has been doing in me. You know, we all feel like a fraud. We all have like imposter syndrome. Yeah. And that was my thing. I remember specifically, I never I I never dared to call myself an artist because I didn't feel like I didn't feel like the people who were artists. I wasn't on their level. Like their what they said came from a deeper place. What they said came from a real artist place. I didn't know anything. I remember being at a writing camp one time, maybe five years ago, and it was just a writing camp where there was a lot of people I really looked up to were at yeah. this camp. And I remember the morning worship happening in this living room. And I remember like just minding my own business and just all of a sudden out of nowhere getting so bombardedly overwhelmed with this feeling of you don't belong here. Mm. And I could look around the room and be like, I don't have that guy's voice. Yeah. I don't come from ministry like that guy came up in. That person over there, their pastor is not my pastor. I, I just quickly unqualified myself. It's not disqualified. It's unqualified. Mm -hmm. And I felt like in that moment of super overwhelmingly freak out, I felt like God said, dude, you belong here for one reason and one reason only because you're my kid.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Boom, like mic drop. Then here now to this moment, I'm sitting in your chair. I'm still unraveling and processing yeah all that came with that and in it's it's partly like an identity crisis that I had with myself mm-hmm. but also an identity crisis that I've had with God mm-hmm. and who I thought God was and God's not like the God I thought he was growing up he's not some angry banker God I had this picture that God was a successful banker. <laughs> <laughs> who had a big fancy office and a big fancy desk and wore a fancy suit and had his front row parking spot. And and no matter what, you did not want to have to go in that guy's office because that meant you were probably yeah. in trouble. And I didn't have the clothes nice enough to go in there. Um, and he's the kind of guy who'd probably be nice, but not kind. Like kind of you would trouble yeah. him if you had to go in there. And, you know, diving into just that wasn't my dad, that wasn't my mom, but just... What I thought a a Christian man was, that's the picture. And, you know, I think God's been just really redefining who I am and who he is and what it looks like to be a son. And, you know, all of those unqualifiers, like there's always going to be somebody who is way better of a musician than me, that knows the Bible better than me, that is a better singer than me that is a better guitar player. You know, I go and writes and I can, I I don't do it as much anymore because I just realize that we're all created differently. Yeah. But I feel like the first time I sat down to write with you, I was probably freaked out because I'm like, man, she comes up with the most brilliant ideas. I am a dumb writer. I am stupid. And I would disqualify myself. Yeah. But the Lord's been teaching me like, like, dude, it doesn't matter if you have all the ideas. You're my kid. Yeah, that's all that matters. And so I remember doing a concert last year on this tour. Really cool, like one of those where you're like, wait, how did I get on this tour?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I remember uh, being at this big outdoor amphitheater, and my family came. It was the first time my kids had come to see me play, like with a band, and on this tour. And my youngest was five years old at the time and security was super tight. And we had been out in in the seats after i had played watching one of the other artists play. And we were going to go back to the green room and my five-year-old just bolts and he just blows past the security guard. He's got no badge on, no nothing. (laughs) And he just takes off and I'm like, oh gosh. And before I can get back there, he's already in like the headliners green room. And and, and I get back there and it was so cool because the drummer was actually like teaching him how to twirl a drumstick. But I, I had this moment where the Lord was like, dude, your kid ran past security yeah. back to the yeah. headliner's green room because why? Because his dad was just on that stage like owning this venue. Yeah, So he feels like, he can go anywhere he wants because he knows who his dad is. Yeah. And God was like, why don't you do that with me? Yeah. You don't need a badge. Mm-hmm. You don't All need access. a credential. Yeah. Your dad is running the show. So just go be my kid.
0: Yeah.
1: And that identity. And, and, and it's it, I'm 38, and it's what it is today and it's different than it was at 37 and i pray at 47 and at 57 yeah. that identity of who i am and um i pray that that identity keeps growing yeah. but it gets deeper and deeper and i get more sure of my identity and god's identity and how they work together <clears throat> yeah. and that and that's what i'm trying to live out of
0: mm-hmm. which is i think actually it's that is is to me authentic living because you you know, we've we both have met people in this industry that you wouldn't probably call authentic in their understanding of that. Like that, that would not be something that they would they would see as oh yeah yeah that's amazing that it's a it's a job and they have got to keep up with the hamster wheel of performance yeah. and and I've always kind of been one that I I feel like insecurity, I've always felt like is a gift from the Lord, because insecurity, oh. if it's, you know, if it's if it's left unattended and it's left to de- kind of devour your heart ends up turning to pride, which isn't from the Lord. But when it is from the Lord, when you when you recognize, oh, my God, I I feel inept. I feel like I don't belong here. I feel like it actually should to bend us over and be like, God, I, I feel less than can you just take this feeling of insecurity, take this feeling of feeling like I lack in this area. And can you give me what it is I need? And it ends up being the gift because it turns into humility. And in this world and in this industry, sometimes I think, you know, nowadays we've got young teenagers wanting to be a part of Sunday morning sets because there's a clout involved in getting there. Yeah. And... I, I, we were actually just kind of tapping in on it before um, I hit record, which I thought was so, was so interesting because it's like, you know, when you, when you want to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. when you want to do the pure thing, when you want to do the authentic thing, it's actually going to probably lead you down through the Red Sea. Mm, If you want to go the easy route, if you want to like not have it cost you everything and have it just, Come easy for you, mm-hmm. um, and not feel authentic. You could take that easy route, but then you'll there'll be no meaning, mm-hmm. no power, mm-hmm. no authenticity in the process. And I think that looks so much more attractive, even when you're sitting out there as a young kid and you're looking up on that stage and you're like, "Man, if I could, you know, if I could just be like that, if I could just be like that." And it's like, yeah, you really don't know what that costs. Mm-hmm. But that's going to cost you everything if you want it the right way. Right. If you don't want it the right way, it'll have accolades, but you'll probably uh-huh. be devastated in the process. Of it. And
1: and even like even when you do get on the stage, there's been so many times where I've been in a writer's room or I've been leading, and and someone walks in the room that I really I don't know them, yeah, but I really admire them. And all you want is is you yeah. you wish you would walk off. And they would be like, dude, you did an amazing yeah.
0: job. You. Yeah.
1: We all want to be affirmed. We all yeah. want to know.
0: Validated, yeah. Hey,
1: you crushed it. Like, you're yeah. really good. And, and and I used to look for that so much. Like, a couple of these, like, hero people that I really look up to. It's just like, man, I wonder if I wrote with them, would they think I was special? Or, or then when they do see someone and you're like, oh, they think that person is special. Yeah. Or they've got it. What it does to me, it's like, oh, I'm an idiot, I'm a loser, you know, I can't yeah. write a song, I'm not as deep as that person. And and I've really just come to peace with like, God freak it. Like yeah. the Lord likes me. Yeah. He thinks I'm and funny honestly, and I'm cool.
0: Man, when you get that, I've I've told, you know, um so many people that like people that I mentored stuff so like, man, when you get that need to be seen or need to be verified, off of you. You know, to be validated is an honest feeling. But to finally see that the Lord's already done that for Mm -hmm. you, the power behind that is so exhilarating. Yeah. Because it just literally cuts through all of that other stuff that you spent so much time trying to deal with. Totally. And it's like, oh my gosh, he sees me. I don't need other people to see me. And And
1: and it's helpful because— I don't care as much about my performance. Yeah. Like actually probably might should care more. Yeah.
0: yeah. But
1: it's like, I don't know. It's very freeing.
0: Yeah, it and, is.
1: And, and, and honestly, I'm like, you know, I want to steward what I'm doing well and I want to work hard and I want to be intentional. I don't really care about excellence, but intentionality is important to me. But it's very freeing to just ask the Holy Spirit to just kind of, Lord, I'm not the best singer and and I'm not the smartest talker in between songs. So yeah. take the reins and yeah, I'll just be yeah. myself and try to be true and honest to the moment and it is so freeing. Yeah. To just like I don't know, like my worth is not based on that. It's yeah. like, well, I'm God's kid before and I'll be God's kids. I'll I'll be God's kid yeah. after. And I'll live yeah. to see another day.
0: I mean, I I really wish that all young up and coming Wanna be musicians and songwriters and worship leaders in churches could have that be one of the first things they experience with the Lord yeah. is the validation of the Holy Spirit, the validation of God Himself, because it really would cut through years and years of trying to to get other people to notice you. Sure. You know, because it's such a it's 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 a man, if you're chasing that, it's a long chase. It's a long and I do think though that. You know, when I'm, I'm you know, I'm in my in my late 50s, and so I still will be like, oh, God, you know, when the Lord says, I want you to do, I want you to put out another single. It's always like, ah oh, oh, well, oh, I've got to play this game again. Because there's a kind of a game that has yeah. to be played. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't like the whole, okay, numbers, charts, blah, 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 because there is this residential thing in me that's like, I want to be like, like everybody else wants to be like, Uh I want to be like, I still want to be hip like everybody else wants to be hip. It's not how I function, but it's, it is kind of a a lane that you have to actually be observant in Mm -hmm. with regard to being in this industry. Yeah. And, I, I I look at that and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm in this industry and this is the game they play. This is the, mm-hmm. this is the manuscript that they run from. So I need you just to help walk me down this because yeah. I don't want to get to the end of the road and be like, I suck because the numbers were wrong. You don't want to be like, oh, here I am again at 50-something right. and caught up in numbers. But I also think that when that happens, it, it's almost like this, um, remember... It's a reminder, like yeah. remember, we're not in this for this,
1: dude. And that's like getting to that. This is funny. This just happened to me. So, been working on a new album. First single came out back in January. Yeah, and uh, me and bead Benjamin Corporal oh, and man. Nick Herbert wrote this song, yes. and it's Good so fun. Hold on, and and I brought this idea, and and you know the song. I love the song, like love it. And this was really helpful. Like a friend of mine said. A year or two ago, he said, dude, just make sure you always believe in the songs you write. And then the rest will come. So we write this song. Yeah. Totally believe in it. And I'm like, dude, I think this song, it's not the most corporate worship song, but it could work, corporate worship. But it also like, I think radio might like it. But we weren't writing it for radio. We weren't right. It was just like, let's write a great song. Totally believe in the song. So labels like, dude, we're going to send this to radio It's going to crush.
0: And everybody's
1: clamoring about it and so excited. And then, like, it did reasonably well. Yeah. But then, like, you get into the whole testing thing, which I'm learning about. So, this song was the number two lowest testing (laughs) song at K Love. And so, you know, I get this info, and, you know, once the testing goes, there's not a lot you can really, you can't really keep working a song that's getting bad testing. There's no
0: redemption. There's no coming back. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, (laughs) I, you know, sure, I was bummed. And I wanted it to, and, and I'm out on this tour and I'm playing that song. And I was kind of beating myself up about it. And I was like, man, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oddly enough, after I found all this out, literally the next day out on tour, I had at least five people come up to me before the show and say, dude, that song... I just heard, that is my favorite song. So that was just a sweet little thing from the Lord. But what I'm getting to is that song, I believe in that song. Yeah. And sure, if it had gone out of this world, interstellar, that would have been cool. But it like could have done nothing. I still believe in it. Yeah. And I think that's such a, like back to what my friend told me, said, write songs you believe in. And I think for anybody who's pursuing any ounce of success for success or success for validation, please save yourself the agony and and slow dying death and write songs that you believe God has called you to write that are uniquely you and then finish it. And at the end of the day, if you'll stand by that song and you're like, this is what God told me to write, then that's the win like yeah. then if that song lives or dies it doesn't matter because you did a song that that you felt like god told you to write and that you're really proud of. Yeah. And and that's like I don't know maybe that sounds like too happy of a story but like I said I was bummed and I had to grieve that but at the end of the day I'm like well they missed out cuz this song rules. Yeah. And I'm really proud of it.
0: Well and you're you know when you're when you're singing those songs every night um, or four nights a week on tour, and you're watching what God's doing. yeah, uh, it it is it was so um it was such good clarity for me um having come up in in a day where my voice was actually too secular for Christian radio. Mm. And and so when you're told you sound too much like Bette Midler or Cher, and and it sounded like a bad thing, you know I was like that's a great thing, right? But but for Christian radio, we I would scare people from you know scare the demographic from listening because if I sounded secular, and so when you're hearing those things, and you're like well that's why this song or that song isn't radio play because it's too personal. Or we can't figure out how to get people off the, this is another thing that I was told to me, we can't figure out how to get people off the floor with the Lord to go back to buy the CD. And I really had to grapple with, do I want to move people off the floor when they're dealing with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I want to let that song or let that thing be what God's ask it to be because I was willing to write it in its depth yep. and in its honesty and I didn't write it for how many people listen to it on the radio, but I wrote it because God was dealing with me about something. And it was an honest moment in my own life. And it, because it was birthed in an honest moment and I'm watching night after night, it take you know, people's hearts and do something with people's hearts, but it's not necessarily tracking well on radio. It it doesn't mean it's a it's a bad song. Mm-hmm. It means that the way God wants to use that song is different yeah. than the way. And I do believe that that there are songs that carry on the radio and that's how people's hearts are are transformed by them. Yeah. You know, so uh you know, but I I couldn't I had to stop looking at what people were saying and I had to actually take ownership of what was happening while I was doing it. Yeah. And the Lord's, the Lord's saying, and I think it's why I named my LLC one seat theater, because I had the conversation with the Lord where he was like, if you're in a crowded theater, there's only one seat that's actually filled that matters. Mm. And he said, and if you look for me, wherever I am, I'll always be there. And, and so I I kept thinking of this, even though there are 300 seats here, even though there are 3000 seats here, even though there are 30,000 seats here, I'm only after the one he's sitting in. Mm -hmm. And if I can make him pleased, then, then I've got, I've got everything I need. And you really actually pulling that in, that became everything to me. Yeah. And, and so when the albums came out, yes, it, it mattered about numbers and it mattered about, you know, yes, those things have to matter because you're like, there's a quota that you have to fill and they're looking Mm -hmm. for numbers in there and we can pray and ask the Lord to make those numbers. But I had to actually, at the end of the day, be like, I'm not a failure because those numbers didn't meet their quota. Totally. Um, And I think that that's the struggle for a lot of, a lot of up and coming artists is like, if they don't, if it's not, if it doesn't look like this, then it doesn't matter. And it's like, oh man, if oh, we've yeah, got the that. mattering kind of out of sync a little bit, I think.
1: Well, I, um, I, years ago at another writing camp, the morning of the write, that, that's when they kind of say, okay, here's the groups. You're in this group. And I would always be curious to see what group I got put in. Because if I got put in a good group with like, Really hot shot people. Yeah, that meant they thought I was a hot shot. <laughs> if I got yep. put in a group with these like rando people, yeah. who it's like, oh, I've never written a song before, then that means they yeah, thought I, I wasn't the preschool,
0: good. The preschool class.
1: So I remember <laughs> being just being tired early one morning and kind of throwing a pity party, thinking like, wow, you know what? What rights are they going to put me in? Do they value me? Do they think I'm good? Did I have I lost it? Did Did they figure out that I was in fact a fraud? Like they put me in some rooms and I couldn't deliver. And I felt like the Lord was like, dude, do you trust me? Yeah. Do you think that guy splitting up the groups knows more about worship than I do? Mm -hmm. And I felt like the Lord was like, dude, I love worship. It's the song of my church. I love it. I love it more than he does. I love it more than you do. And I want you to be a part of it. So trust me. And from that moment, I felt like the Lord was like, "I'm your publisher." And then I keep seeing that play out. Like I feel like the Lord's like, "No, I'm your label. I'm your manager. Yeah, Yeah. I'm your provider. Yeah, I'm the guy who's I'm your I'm your dad." And so it's and that sounds easy on paper. There's some real life struggle that goes into trusting and walking in faith. But you know, I, I feel like I have lost a lot of the burden of like if I'm actually trying to follow what God has for me today and be intentional then I'm just going to I'm going to do my best yeah. and then and then release the results and yeah. and whatever the Lord wants to do with those is what you happens You know we were
0: you you mentioned something too that I thought was so valuable for listeners when you before before we were we were just chatting before well, we started the podcast but you you talked about that your your kind of default when things don't work out is to go straight to scarcity mm-hmm. and i thought wow that's so powerful because that is so many people's default Mm-hmm. You know, that it's like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. It looks like there's no more track at the end yep. of this train. yeah You know, and, and we we were all—you you kind of said, oh, gosh, if this doesn't happen, yep. you know, I'm going to end up living under a bridge. And that is so not even biblical—it's not even a biblical concept oh, of God totally. that he would leave us or forsake us. Right. But for some reason— we, most of us go in our heads to the lowest of the lowest yep. of the places in if this ends and it doesn't go the way it needs to go in order for me to become right. blah, 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 regardless of whatever job you have. Um, if I'm not seen as this, if I'm not felt as this, if they don't believe this, or that, mm-hmm. da, then it's all going to just go down the toilet in yep. a big flush. yep and it's so interesting how the enemy can actually convince us totally that scarcity is god's option
1: uh-huh and and here's the deal there's so much you could say on that one like god's crazy like in the best way i i have a big imagination but i can quickly realize like how i can get real like binary real quick like it can only be this way or that way and l- the lord is like man I got the craziest imagination ever. And yeah. like, don't even try to figure it out. Like, let me handle it. And what I've found in this last season of my life, walking through some like scary scarcity moments, is I feel like I'm like just the disciples and I'm out on the boat and I saw the waves and I got super freaked out at the waves. And I just forgot that Jesus was on the boat. yeah. So and, and and that it's all about trust. And it's like, when things are good, I believe that God's good. But when things are bad, I forget everything. I forget that God's good. I forget that it, you know. Man, it's it,
0: just so sad.
1: It, it's, it's like, I am a silly little yeah. wimp of yeah. a faith person, but it's literally forgetting, oh yeah, Jesus is on the boat and he's actually so not concerned that he's asleep. Yeah. He's taking a cat nap. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, I got to go wake him up." And then he's like, "Okay, peace, be still." And yeah. then it's like, it's the waves are gone. And I'm like, "Oh man, you are still God, and you still do care, and you're still on my boat." Yeah. I just freaked out for nothing. Right. But it's it's weird and it's tricky and it's yeah. hard, especially when you're trying to provide for a family and yeah. you know, and, and when you're working hard, mm. you're like,
0: You You want that to pay off. All of it, yeah. You want to see
1: fruit and yeah.
0: What would be your like biggest advice giver to a young worship leader coming up in the church?
1: Oh man. Um, Oh gosh, there's about a bajillion things. Like don't be above anything. You need to just like go roll cables for a couple of months. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Be like, unbelievably kind to everyone Mm. um no one owes you anything the sound guy doesn't owe you anything like go take them to lunch yeah um if you lead volunteers which i'm sure you do like love on your volunteers make it as much fun as it can be and literally ministry with friends is so fun so don't not be fun yeah. Like live it up. Like
0: Don't be so serious. You might
1: only get to do ministry with that person for a year and they move or heaven forbid someone passes away. Like
0: Yeah.
1: There's seasons of ministry. It doesn't last forever. So make magic and yeah. pray. Pray big things and ask God to do big things and and work really hard. Like outwork everybody. Yeah. And don't be a grump about it. Like right. just work because it's what you do. And and be intentional. So good. And just pray a lot.
0: A lot, a lot, a lot. Now, what? Tell me a little bit about Wild Faith. Yeah, Wild Faith is coming out. This is your second. Yeah, it's my first.
1: First full length.
0: First was the last one. It
1: was like it was like I think six songs. Wow. Yeah. So I'm stoked. You know, I, I I didn't I didn't know what I was doing last time. And, and and I don't Those know what I'm. Pretty good, I it? don't know what I'm doing now, but I know what I'm doing for now.
0: Yeah,
1: does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every song is awesome, and no one else may like them, but I think they're awesome.
0: That's so good, and
1: I think each one is like a timestamp of like, oh, here's what God was doing in me during this mm-hmm. song. Uh, and I wrote them all with friends, and we me and a buddy produced them all. I'm I'm highly Who relational. This with you? Me and Jacob Arnold.
0: Oh great! Okay, and it's a
1: great combo, and uh, I just want to do everything in community, and it it feels like it was all written out of community, and all the people involved are community, and um, oh. and and I'm just so pumped about it, and I pray that people learn more about themselves and learn more about God yeah. when they listen to it.
0: Well, I am um, listening to you. I maybe I'm wrong, but I was like. You have such like a kind of like a, an Americana sound to me. Okay. And um but it's like roots got roots too. Yeah. And I'll take it. I'll I'm, take I I even was thinking I was like, man, I wonder if like if he ever like would write country. Have you ever know. thought about doing country? I, I love your voice so much and I'm like, oh, I'd love to hear him on a on a country song too. Maybe someday. Do you ever think about like yeah, I'll do this for a while and maybe I'll do something else or I'll do pop or I'll do jazz or I'll do or are you like no I'm this this is my lane.
1: Today this is today. my lane. And you know in in for me variety is the spice of life. Yeah. Like I was with a friend earlier today and he was like so is your is your like I played him a couple of songs he's like is is this album like corporate worship because a couple of songs you played for me aren't and I'm like I don't know. They just are. They are what they are. Like what is even a corporate worship right, song anymore? Right. Like there's, I'm just like, there's no rules. Right. Like we give ourselves rules. God doesn't. Yeah. So I just want to, I don't know, write and, and, and do what I think is true today.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and I just want to have fun. And I want people to have fun.
0: Yeah.
1: And I also want people to forgive. Mm. And I want people to mourn things that didn't happen mm. or things that did happen. And I want people to cry if they need to, Mm -hmm. and I want people to dare to take risks, and I want people to celebrate all of that, and I want to figure out how to do all that in worship, like, and I want to tell stupid jokes, Mm -hmm. like, in the middle of a worship (laughs) set, just because they, like, make people loosen up, and they Mm -hmm. make people go, like, all right, yeah, this guy's not trying to take himself too serious. Yeah. Uh, No, who's got time for that? Nobody's got time for that.
0: Do you think you'll ever put on the production hat? And produce records
1: maybe one day
0: because you've got like you, you actually have a it's always great being in a songwriter with you because you know what you're doing
1: i love it yeah. uh i just i don't know that's not that's not what i'm fired up about right all
0: now all right that's good good to know 10 years down the road what do you want to be doing
1: uh yeah, probably going to my kids like games or concerts or something
0: how old are they? They're 3, right? You got 3. Four. 4.
1: 12 10 9 6.
0: 12 10 9 6. 10 years you'll be graduating. Yeah. Right? I
1: just want to be like a healthy dad. Like I want to be I want to be active. I want to be like let's go camping.
0: How do you balance on the road and your family right now?
1: Uh my wife is just She's a bomb.com. Yeah, she is. And and I my goal with touring is I want to tour just enough to make people think I'm doing something. Yeah like I hate I don't play the game.
0: Yeah.
1: But I will play the game if it helps. Okay, this is going to you're this is hard to say, but you're going to get it. I will play the game if it will help push the mission God has called me to do forward. Mm. Yeah. In this weird music yeah. industry, yeah. like I don't network. I do not network. Yeah. I befriend people. Yeah. And I mean that. Like yeah. I genuinely yeah. I, I don't want to network. I want to know about your life and I'll tell you what's going on in my life. Probably yeah. too much. But, you know, if, if you know, it is, like you said, it, it is a weird world. And so uh, I, I want to be smart and yeah. I want to manage uh, a, a really uh, awesome guy that I admire a lot that has got a massively successful music career or ministry Uh, said the greatest thing he ever learned was the day that he realized he was the CEO of his name, Music. And when he said that to me, I was like, that is so profound. Like, and that's a a thing I would say to a younger artist. The day that I realized that I am the CEO of Patrick Mayberry Music, a lot shifted for me because that means I'm calling the shots. I'm setting the vision. I'm the one who's asking God, okay, God, what do you want this vision to be? Mm -hmm. And then I tell my label, hey guys, here's where I think God's calling me. Hey publishing, here's who I want to write with because I think this is where God's calling me. Here's who I want to work with. These are the tours I want to do. These are the tours I don't want to do because I think this is where God's calling me. And getting real clear about that vision, that's where I can get upside down. When I'm chasing the, the hamster wheel of, success and comparison and I'm looking at this person and and I don't have a vision for where I think God's called me, Mm -hmm. I get super upside down, super discouraged. But when I'm like, props to everybody else who's Mm -hmm. crushing it, Mm -hmm. here's my vision and here's where I think God's calling me and I'm going for it. Whether it leads to a massive success, I don't know. I mean, I'm just step by step. This is what God's called me to do and I'm going for it and and back to that other thing he's the boss he's my yeah. publisher he's my label yeah. he's calling the shots do i trust him yeah
0: that's so good so so good patrick mayberry what? thank you so much wild faith
1: is yeah. out
0: full album i think it's in august august do you have a date release probably date?
1: i should just do you i don't have a know website? It. yeah
0: patrickmayberry.com
1: i don't know probably <laughs>
0: It might be com
1: Mm -hmm. because I think I owned patrickmayberry.com and then I didn't re up it and it got bought out by. Oh,
0: of course it did. They stole it. Well,
1: I'm really bad at caring about.
0: Google your name. Social
1: social media uh, or any of that. I don't care about it. Honestly, I'm like, well, the Lord's my. He'll he'll take care of it. If he cares about it, then.
0: My 18 year old always says, I ain't got time for that. I don't. Oh, I don't. (laughs) My label's
1: like, could you. Posts, or I know. My manager's I know. like, "Could you I, post?" And I'm I like, try, ah. "I
0: try, I try. It's just, I try, but I fail all the time."
1: Yep. But
0: thanks so much.
1: You're the best. Thanks You're for the having best. me. And
0: how? Next time, will you bring me merch? Yes. Please. I almost texted you and said, "Bring me merch, you jerk."
1: Yes. Done and done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will. Well, I won't see you, but you'll hear me again on the next RitaSpringer.com. Whoop.